Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot. Where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Welcome home, Brains. There's only one requirement to hang out on the edge, is that you open your big brain and close your small mind. Did you bring your thinking caps? It's time to put them on, because the conversation starts You're back at your favorite spot right here, this location. You see it? (laughs) Uh, Or can you hear it? We are now today going back to Australia, to the western side, to Perth. We're going to visit with Louise Size. Louise has a very interesting career. She works with therapists to help them develop their coaching practice, how to set up their business which is very important because a lot of people don't know the business of business. They are so ingrained in the actual work that they do that they don't understand the structure and the methodology of making money. So we're going to talk about that, what that takes, what that looks like, marketing, promotion, advertising, business systems, and a whole lot more. Do you know that Louise became the mayor at 29 years old? We're going to talk to her about that. But also during the course of her life, like many of us, she's experienced grief. So we're going to talk to her a little bit about her technique and how she was able to resolve and recover and thrive after a loss. Let's welcome her to the show. How are you, Louise Size? I am on top of the world, even if you think it's the other way around. Oh, <laughs> I like that. That is unique. That is unique. Tell my brains how you show up in the world. Sorry, say again? Tell my brains how you show up in the world how I show up in the world um I'm, I'm normally a little out there a little different uh, I don't wear a bra like most ladies do uh, uh, so how's that working for you <laughs> oh I'm free with that you know what a bra is made out of that that, uh, that, that chemical stuff that they make bras out of lycra yeah it's toxic and we put it against our babies you know what? I believe that too because uh, I have gotten rashes after wearing a bra, and heaven forbid those staves when they have those wires in them, they poke you. It, yeah, so I so I get you, but you know sometimes I need a little support. Then we we need to invent a whole new thing, and I'd love to find somebody who's interested. We need to wear our bra on the outside. Mm. <laughs> Years ago. We used to wear a light cotton blouse on the inside and then the dress and bra was sort of one thing and it was worn on the outside and it kept you where you wanted your puppies kept. Wow. But every, you know, every design, every dress that you wear, I don't know if you could, you know, or top that you wear would accommodate that. Isn't it strange that that fashion has actually gone down this path? Guys don't wear them. A lot of guys don't even wear jocks. I know. They get that's okay for them, but we're expected to keep those puppies sitting up there nice and perky without any regard for what it's actually doing to us. I'm a natural natural wellness freak. No, no, I get it, but also don't it's for shapewear, but also it's for muscle control, you know, because the muscles do deteriorate. I mean, uh, I, I saw a woman the other day, bless her heart, she's having triplets. 
and uh, those things was hanging down by her belly with the with the baby. So I think there might be some sort of use for it. It's just maybe the design. I'll go along with that. If we relook at the design so that we get away from the toxic fabric that it's made out of, I think that would be brilliant. And I'd even go back to wearing them. Well, I'll tell you, go ahead and liberate yourself, honey. I can see you burning <laughs> it. So you were a trailblazer also in the world of politics. How did you become yeah. a at 29 years old? Yep. Yeah, I uh, I had a, a bunch of friends that we were having trouble with the local incumbents and and uh, they said, you should be in there because you, you've got a lot to say about this and you make sense. And I said, yeah, right. So I signed the piece of paper and the buggies got me elected. What was that yeah, experience but, like? Well, when you've got nine male councillors and you're a 29-year-old young lady, it was quite a challenge. Um, I learned to manage men. Okay. But also mm -hmm. you had to have a lot of negotiation skills, not just kind of be a dictator and tell them what to do because you had to get their buy-in. It wasn't just all about yes. you. You might have yeah. put the final you know, stamp on it, but you mm -hmm. really had to learn leverage. Negotiation is something that you are also going to be teaching your clients in mm -hmm. the business arena. But let's step back a little bit. It's about yeah. give and take. I think it's a mm -hmm. lot of listening more so than talking. What were some of your strategies in getting your point across and getting things done? Uh, it's really important first, um, as you already know, you must get into the person's space, their, their thinking, their brains. If I don't think like the person that I want to work with, the person that I know I can help, if I don't think and get inside their head and use their language and find their analogies, then we don't connect at all. I, I'm happy to step out of mine totally in order to be able to help them, but to do that, I must step into their world. Mm -hmm. absolutely mm -hmm. and sometimes their world is cuckoo for cocoa puffs <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> they're, they're, they're crazy i mean i look at the poly i call them politricians i look at the yeah. politricians here and it's talking points it's staying on point no matter whether you're right or wrong stick to the talking points don't deviate from that because you become mechanical at that point but you have to have a tender ear because you are not mm -hmm. representing yourself you are representing the people Yes. And a lot of times, not a lot of times, but there's sometimes that it is going to go against your better judgment or your integrity. Oh, how do you, how do, you uh, how do you work within that realm? Um, well, if we go back to the mayoral situation, um, there were many times where I knew what was best for the community. And in order to get it passed, I had to say, no, I didn't agree. Mm. 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 Yeah. And you know what? We can agree to disagree and not be yeah. disagreeable. Yes. So how did you move forward and transition into the business model that you have now where you are helping therapists create, you know, businesses? Quantum leap from politics. We, we, I was in Northern Territory in Darwin at the time. We moved to Queensland. Um, my story zigzags like um, probably more zigs than zags than a go-go dancer. But um, in Queensland, we bought property and became farmers and being a mother of six and a community oriented person, I was involved with agri-politics, farming survived droughts and I ended up setting up a consultancy where I was helping farmers write their food safety plans. I kept getting more qualifications and ultimately became a management systems auditor. So from there, I discovered I could really work with systems 
systems was the way my my head works and so from systems consultancy um yeah life was on a boom kids had left home and then all of a sudden my husband took unwell and my life crashed out from under me uh, just backtracking as a when I was on my high, I received an um, award for Queensland's Young Industry Leader. Mm. So I wasn't just working locally. I was working with the state and recognised nationally for the work that I was putting into agri-politics. It seems like it took you back just for a second to that place with your husband. Your voice inflection kind of dropped. Yeah. Uh, and were you? did you still have young children at the time of your husband's transition? No, fortunately, the children had left. But then uh, when I lost him, um, we worked together with everything that we did. We were just best mates as well as he was everything. He was my soulmate. And then 2011, I lost him. I remarried and lost him a year later. So between 2011 and 2017, I lost two husbands, then my grandmother, my mother, my daughter and my home. Um, and I crashed and burned. I was a mess. Wow. Yeah, I, I can imagine. It's just a, the domino effect. Mm -hmm. How did you pick yourself back up, Louise? Well, the day that I crashed and I was ready to finish myself, I'd done with this earth. I made one last call and I promised that if my friend didn't answer the phone, I was done. And she answered. That's why I'm here. I had to go to the hospital through mental health, but I refused the drugs. I'd always been on a, a natural health kick, so to speak, but I just decided that I read all the fine print on the drugs and decided I had all that. I didn't want it for the rest of my life. I wanted to get my life back. I had a good life before. I wanted my life back. And so I decided without the drugs, I would heal myself. And it was a hell of a journey because there's not much help out there. So I went looking for alternative therapists, anyone who knew anything about anything in that field. And that's going back a decade from now when there wasn't a lot of popular stuff out there. I had to go find them. And fortunately, in my network of friends, I was connected with some of the best people who gave me the right advice and direction as I emerged up out of it. But my biggest problem was I was only 50 and I didn't know what grief was. And I was a very ballsy woman. And I didn't know that I had to deal with grief and move through it in order to come out of it. I just kept blocking it away and getting on with working. And I just worked. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it just made things worse. It, depressed it. And, you know, you can implode. But I did. I'm so glad that you had friends and I'm glad that there was someone there to pick up the phone. So Brains, if you are in a very delicate situation, you feel that there's no hope, know that you're not alone. There are people that care about you. There are people that love you. The people that depend on you, people that would miss you. Mm. So you have to find yourself. You're not doing it for others. You have to do it for yourself. I get that. But there is so much to live for, to be a testimony of an overcomer, a thriver. I mean, did you hear that? You lost about six people in mm. a you know rapid fire, you know back to back situation. And then you turn around and you look and you say, wow, there's nobody here, but you still have those six children. Um, 
how do they help support you through this process? Uh, in many ways, I'd raised, um, there were five sons left. It was only my daughter I lost. But my five sons, I think I'd raised them to be just as ballsy as I was. And they seemed to be out there doing their own thing. And I was doing my thing. I think we were all coasting along the way that I'd taught them how to. And it wasn't until I got myself sorted that I sort of reconnected with them all. And they all said to me, Mum, we didn't know how to help you. You just didn't seem to need or want help. You seemed to be just out there and doing your own thing. We didn't know that you were so far down, so far gone. Wow. Well, I'm glad that you reconnected and you had that conversation because that's key. The first thing is realizing it. The second thing is verbalizing it. And the third thing is acting upon it in a in the proper way. There are going to be times, brains, that you're going to need medication to get the edge off. I get that. But manage that uh, yeah. with a combination of all types of things. There's emotional freedom technique and uh, RTT and hypnotherapy, psychotherapy. There's a whole lot of things that you can do uh, to help yourself to try to break that and reframe it. So now let's talk a little bit about your business. Tell us what people have to look forward to when they work with you, Louise. Well, because of my journey, my history in management systems, and um, I, I sort of pieced it all together and realized that I wanted to give back to the alternative therapy enterprise, the industry, the business. And I, I really couldn't find out where I wanted to be. I didn't really want to be a healer. There, there were plenty of those out there that were really good at what they were doing. So I chose to incorporate my consultancy from the past and to bring that forward and put that into something that I knew would help the alternative therapy industry. And so I chose to become a business coach for alternative therapists to help them actually um, pick up the gaps in their business to help it grow because at the moment they're all fragmented out there, all tiny little pieces all over the place and, and struggling with identity and, and they're up against big pharma they're up against the allopathic system and that challenge is a huge one for them and a lot of them are, are like most small businesses very confident that they can do what they can do but lacking in the those business system skills so I want to help connect the dots but um, I want to do it in two scales the first one when I first started recovering I built a group founded a group called the meld that's m-e-l-d and to start with, it was just small groups of therapists who got together to share what they do so that they could get to know each other and, and actually get a better idea of what each other does in their area. And being a nomad, I was moving up and down the, the coast. I was up in Queensland at the time. And I was setting the, up these small groups up and down the coast. And then COVID hit, which shut down the groups. And when that happened, I was sort of back to square one. So I put a message out into the ether, out into the universe, it's time to write my book. Find me somewhere where we can bunker down. Oh, by this time, I had my third husband. I have a beautiful man in my life again. Oh, good, good. Yes, yes, yes. So um, having him well, on very, board. You're very lucky in that regard because some women can't get one. You've had three. I had two good ones to begin with, so I knew what I was looking for. I've Absolutely. shared this conversation with a lot of women who struggle to find them. Exactly. That's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> all right so um the the COVID has hit and uh we we're in caravan just traveling all over the place taking on part-time caretaker jobs 
So I put it out into the universe, find me somewhere we can bunker down for the for the period for this, this lockdown thing so I can write my book. And we were up in North Queensland and the job that we were offered was in Western Australia, just near Perth. And the, the borders were being locked down. So we made a mad dash across the borders and managed to get our passes so that we could come through with the job contract and settled here. And we've been here for two and a half years and I have finished my book. Well, let's see what that book is all about. It says, why would you? Well, why wouldn't you? Tell us a little bit about what's inside the pages of the book. This book is my story, just fragments of my story, but it's also eight challenges that help you identify, hang on, if I just read it, how to identify reasons for your unwellness and natural ways to undo the reversible damage. Mm. So it, it's it's in two components. It's one, it's recognizing the big picture and why we're not so no not why we're not well. And and I have my own philosophy on that. But then because we're wearing a toxic bra. <laughs> like wearing a toxic bra. The the first item, why would you? And there's uh, several things listed. One says wear clothes made from spandex or lycra. It's on the cover. Wow, that's great. So share with us, uh, you know, a, a, a part of the book. The very first opening bit, because that's the bit that captures most people, the introduction. It reads, the government is not your friend. Why would you is my gift to you to help you find your way through the maze of lies and half-truths that are making us unwell. The failure of government to protect us from chemicals, toxins, mental anguish, and the system that causes stress and anxiety is ripe for exposure. For all the gains we've made in medical science and the increase in life expectancy, I wonder how much has been lost to the failures of the allopathic system. It's time you knew why you can't seem to get on top of your state of unwellness. It's also time you took a closer look at the alternatives to the allopathic health system, a shallow delve into a naturopathic and homeopathic world of wellness. Yes, they're different. No doubt you've noticed the older you get, the more unwell you seem to be, through no fault of your own. You're doing all the things the health experts tell you to do, and yet you know you could be weller. My favorite new word. Well, you know what? As we say here in the Black community, tell the truth and shame the devil. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's a lot of lies and trickery, but people are numb. Okay. Yes. yes. You don't know what you don't know, brains, and you're not willing to explore. You're not willing to take a chance. I don't understand why. You've tried everything else. You've done drugs. You've had, you know, uh, unsavory partners. You maybe lied. You maybe stole. You maybe carried a gun. A lot of things that you've done for yourself. So you got to fess up. Okay. And then when you're called under the carpet, you don't want to take ownership, but mm. when you take ownership and you sit in that place, reflect and resonate, there's going to be a learning. It may be painful, but what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. So I suggest that you try to resonate with the reality of what life has to offer and then work with someone like Louise to get it together. Now you use a term. Uh, allopathic. Mm -hmm. Explain that term. 
Okay, it's it's probably a word used more inside the industry, but if you can picture the spread of the medical options that are available, you start with uh, the mainstream, mainstream medicine as a whole is called allopathic. Then the next group down is actually called complementary, and so that's your chiropractor and the, um, the, the recognized therapies that go along with the, the mainstream. Um, so you've got allopathic, then complementary. Then the next group down are the alternatives. So that's your Reiki, your Qui Gong, the ones who use the bowls and the frequencies, and um, the, there's a huge range of them. And that, that collectively is your allopathic, sorry, your, your alternative. And then the last group are the ones who use what we often call the woo woo stuff, the esoteric stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I think meditation is a ticked in, in all four of the boxes. So with alternative therapies, I work with complementary, alternative and esoteric, all three, or alternatively, I don't work with allopathic, the mainstream. Okay. So um, why the woo-woo? Oh, it's just a word that we are probably an Australian thing. No, no, but it's, no, it, no it's not. It's a universal. No? Energy. No, because it's a universal energy and people are intimidated and afraid by it because they feel that it is moving more towards the dark side, more toward uh, that. That yes. is how it's it's presented um, because okay. it is non-traditional. Brains, I need this... you to understand that um, spirituality, universal energy, quantum physics, all of these things came before the religious doctrine and the books. Yes. And what yes. you need to understand is that religion is one set of rules and guidelines. Uh, your spirituality is another. But what we have to be careful is where they intersect and what is your intention when you apply either one of these. Because traditional religion has taken down countries, destroyed lives, controlled minds, but also uh, esoteric has also confused people has put them on mind trips used uh, different drugs we'll just use the word uh, we'll just use uh, airwesca which is very popular now to take you to a different place in your mind that can destroy you as well so mm -hmm. you have to be very careful and you have to make the decision for yourself what works best for you I'm one of those people that I stick my toe in it. And, you know, before I stick my whole foot, before I jump in at 110%, why do you find that that modality serves you? Not so much your clients, but how does it serve you? Okay. We go back to my childhood for this one. I was actually born clairvoyant, but born into a cult. So I didn't dare tell anyone. So as a young child, my earliest memories involve me on my top bunk at nighttime. I would fly around the house and check all the windows and doors and make sure everybody was asleep in their bed before I came back to my bed. And I'd be hovering up on the ceiling, reading the letters on the light bulb, looking at myself on my pillow, thinking I'm up here, but I'm down there. But there's nothing about me up here, but I'm definitely down there. And I used to get frustrated that the doors were down there. It was one of those old tall ceilinged houses. Mm. I didn't understand why doors didn't go all the way to the ceiling. And so my frustration led me one evening to actually look at the wall and figuring if I'm down there, but I'm up here, but there's nothing of me up here, 
I should be able to go through that wall. The night I went through that wall was the night the universe opened up to me. So my journey right through life has been esoteric, but not one I could share with anyone. And it, I, when I went through that wall, I was actually given two guides and they taught me many things during my childhood years, but still I never shared it with anyone. It wasn't until I met my first husband, my soulmate, and he recognized it and he actually called me out on it and agreed that he wanted to help me learn more. So he helped me grow it. And when I lost him, I lost major connection to the universe. So now I still have this. I've been reading tarot for 40 years, so I just don't scare the shit out of people by picking up a bracelet and telling them their life story. <laughs> I read the tarot, but I use the tarot not in a traditional way. I use the tarot to help people see first where they are right here, right now, today. And then we take a couple of the options that the individual would like to pursue. And I'll take them on a journey through the cards to see what each of them looks like. And so through that method, that is my unique gift with my um, coaching work now. I help use the tarot to help my clients see their options and see which ones are going to work for them. So that is my distinct advantage. Why do you trust the tarot? I trusted the tarot right from when I was late teens because the tarot became like where I said I had I had two angels, two guides from me when I was a child. The It was my method of communicating, like having a conversation with them through the cards, and I still do that today. And so the tarot for me are an absolute conscious um, way of interpreting what's going on. And as you said, about woo-woo and taking the dark side or taking the light side, I made a decision as a child. I got to see what the dark side was all about. And that's a place I don't ever want to go and I don't ever want to see anybody in there. And I protect people from that. I made a choice to be absolutely 100% on the positive side of living on the light side. Hey, let me let me pump the brakes because I, you know, I, I like to hear both sides. Um, mm -hmm. I say this with love and the ultimate respect but what gives you the gift and the power to protect someone ultimately from their destination and their journey. I can understand a warning. I can understand um, uh, information, but to say that you can protect them, that, that sounds different to me. Okay. Let me rephrase then uh, from a different perspective. What I do is offer guide guiding um, options. And if I can see that something is not going to be functional or beneficial, I can offer that insight. But as you say, yes, it's still the individual's option to choose the path that they choose to take. I cannot choose that for them, but I can see well, them. Sometimes it's, it's destiny. You know, we all have, we're all organic. We all have an expiration date. Uh, yes. I believe in re reincarnation. So yes. there are past lives, things that we did not complete, things that we are mm -hmm. going to have to continue to go through until yes. we, you know until we understand it so it might be someone's destiny that something is going to happen um, yes yeah i you know i would be afraid to know that you know be hit by a train and never been on a train before uh or to do a past life regression and see that something had happened in a life before that was not complete that i have to complete before i can ascend 
to my next destination. So I totally get what you're saying. And I'm not trying to be controversial or anything like that, but I am trying to be real because there's going to be a lot of brains out there that's going, eh, I don't know. So, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And there are angels that walk among us brains every single day. There are spirits that surround us every single day. I mean, Louise has two of them, one sitting on each shoulder. And and honestly, I can almost see them. They are there to help her (laughs) to facilitate what she has to do. But are you very forthright with your clients when you tell them that you have this insight and this modality, or is this just something that you utilize in helping to guide them? Because some people could be turned off. This is um, because I'm working in the allopathic industry and most people in this industry are aware of the the tarot readers. This is something I offer as a service, as part of the, the package that I sell. Okay. All right. And if the individual doesn't want to go there, I'm happy with that as well. Okay. So, because I don't know here in the United States, I, I don't know very many people, like I said, you're the first person I've met that kind of works in this, but the individuals that you work with, um, they are very energy centered. Yes. There again, it's not about big pharma. Let's take a pill for this. Let's probe you here. Let's cut this out, you know, mm-hmm. and as I explained to my brains, this is a lifestyle. This is not something that you just go to one of Louise's clients and say, hey, abracadabra, uh, we're going to get a reading and we're going to do a, an adjustment and we're going to give you a few herbs and your life is going to be fine. No, you mm-hmm. have to be in the whole total mindset to be able to shift, to be able to utilize these gifts, to tune in on them, because I'm sure that Louise is still sharpening her knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, the, <laughs> for the lack of a better term but I understand what you're saying so you have to be able to be ingrained in this brains um, and you know if there is a fear if there is an uncertainty uh, if you have a bad experience because Louise some people do have bad experiences okay like I said and I've heard of many of them yes right, right. so you got you got to be real too everything is not going to be a bed of roses because you know you found somebody with the pixie dust well, there's just absolutely no way that everybody's going to like my style of operation. It's it's for a very small niche. But if I wasn't part of this niche, if I didn't understand the frequency in which these people operate in, I couldn't offer them the service that I'm offering. Right. And I'm not trying to offer it to the rest of the world. Right. And it is a yeah. niche. Yes, it, right. it has to be the people that are ready for it and that can yes. incorporate it in their business. I totally understand and I love it talk about some fun stuff because we yeah i got goose pimples now okay (laughs) Uh, you're living a nomad life and you're going around and you're a caregiver for people's properties that's not fun have you stayed at some very unique beautiful places and i'm sure that you've been able to to uh pick up on a lot of energy from these different places that you visited tell me absolutely place that you've been to well, I have to admit, the one that we're in at the moment, if you can picture a, an extremely filthy, rich Italian's weekender, and um, it's 123 acres of heaven. Wow. And so the people just find you and say, you know, put an ad out and you apply for it and they check mm-hmm. your resume and your references and then you come in there. But if it's 123 acres... I'm sure that you, you know, get up in the morning and have a spot of tea or have some coffee. 
and walk the grounds, I bet there's a lot of energy because I am really an energy freak when it comes to grounding. I love to, to talk to trees. Uh, I love to walk barefoot and ground myself. Have you come to some real startling revelations? And is there a really a favorite place on the property that you like to go and connect with Source? Yes, there is. My husband and I, um, we walk off the property, actually, into the, the National Park, which is adjacent to the property. And we go down there every morning and we do that circle with the sunrise. And there is a spot where we turn around and we just stop and just take in that moment, that place, we both do it. And it's very special because it is, it's grounding. And, and there are a lot of stresses that happen with people who own more money than, than sense. We have to care for something that is very valuable. And there's a lot of, there's a lot placed on our shoulders, responsibility mm -hmm. to escape this property or even though it's beautiful, to escape the property and be in the National Park is the one thing that reinvigorates us both every day. Wow. Well, that sounds like it's a lot of fun. So if you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be, Louise? Oh, my husband just bought me one. It is absolutely brilliant. It is a little 12-volt uh, little nuke buzzer thing that makes little uh, thick shakes. It runs off 12 volts so I can use it in the caravan. Oh, I, I've seen them on television. They can uh, make the smoothies. Is that yeah. Really? And you drink straight out from the top. It's got a little fountain top thing on it. That you, uh, oh, it's absolutely brilliant. It makes absolutely you happy. Brilliant. Okay, that's good. If you were a flower in the garden, what flower would you be? A rose. A rose, why? Uh, they are the one things that uh, when I'm working where I will stop and absolutely admire Mother Nature and the smell and the appearance and the colours. There is just so much about a rose that makes me stop and, and, and appreciate Mother Earth. Okay. Uh, where is a place on the planet that you haven't travelled that you'd like to travel to? Uh, Ayers Rock, right in the centre of Australia. And we've got that on our to-do list. Okay, that's pretty cool. That is pretty yeah. cool. What planet are you from? I have not done any regression or any of that sort of thing. Um, I, I've sort of put a block on my past. I don't know why this is, but I choose not to go down that path. I, I'm happy to look forward, not backwards. Okay. So if you could time travel, where would you land? Mm -hmm. uh, probably in one of my um, books that I love to read, English Aristocracy, uh, from probably the late 18th century. Okay. See, not me. I want to be in 3030. <laughs> I, want to, <laughs> I can picture you in 3030. I want, I want to know if they're still braiding their hair there in 3030. <laughs> what, that, what that vibe is like, what that energy is like. Um, what would you tell a person that's stuck right now? They're stuck in a grief cycle. They're thinking about, you know, pulling the plug. Um, they don't think that there's any hope. What would you say to that person? What I need to say and share with that person first is a hug. I would have to send a big hug and hold them tight. There is something going on in your brain. It's not you and it's not the people around you. You have an imbalance in your brain, which has happened and built up over time. And you need help to resolve what is happening in your brain. It is, it is crucial that you get somebody who knows what they're talking about. 
that they can actually help you talk you through and help you understand and put you on a path to clear what's happening in your brain because there is a normal life and it's worth coming back out of this to find it. If you stay where you are, it just gets darker and darker and it's not a nice place. I've been there. Please, please find somebody who understands you and understands where you are and get them to help you find the light again. Because the light shines. You mm. know, every day the sun rises, it's an opportunity to start again. Yes. I thank you so much for the work that you do, Louise. You are a gift to all of us. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you how they may work with you uh, and uh, be able to process what they're uncertain about or they have questions about. I have one central point of communication that's Messenger on Facebook. Just look look up for Louise Size, Louise.size on Facebook. There oh, aren't many of us. Well, let me tell you, uh, on the Facebook, Brains, that's how I found it, okay? There you go. And again, she's hanging out on this big property, you know, or maybe she's floating up on the ceiling. But either way, <laughs> we found it when it comes to you. Thank you so much, Queen. I appreciate you. I value you. Continue to do the work that you're doing uh, and helping people in so many different ways, not just with their business, but figuring out what their sole purpose is. It's a gift. Mm -hmm. All right. And thank you, April, because you have provided me with the opportunity to share my story. And without you, I wouldn't be able to get it out there. You're the one that introduced me to the concept of the podcast. And I will do more now. And I'm really grateful that you actually approached me for this. Well, thank you so much. Because it was in the cards. <laughs> I need you to go in and stack the deck in your favor. Okay. Yes. I need you to go in, like, love, share, and subscribe. Don't be afraid. You don't know what you don't know. You might find out that you are going to be not maybe a millionaire, but you might be the next great scientist, or you might be the person that comes up with the brand new bra invention. <laughs> <laughs> and then you will need Louise to help you figure that out. I need you to go in, like, love, share, and subscribe. Please like, love, share, and subscribe. And know that you are not fully dressed unless you have a smile on your face. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a good day, friends. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.